Good morning, everybody on Anchor, everybody on the podcast app, everybody in the universe. I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. How is it going? So thank you for listening to Otaku Beef, where we're always talking about geek-ish. We're always talking about anime, manga, video games, and hip-hop, because those are my interests. So, a couple of things. I have two songs that are broken. I'm going to figure this out tonight. Um, but eventually, after I tried for three, three, three and a half hours, I was just done. And I started playing Dragon's Dogma, which, as you know, is one of my favorite video games ever. Uh, Dragon's Dogma is one of the most appreciated games by those who play RPGs. Uh, It just feels right as you're playing it. The exploration is on point. It just has a couple of um, a couple of critical problems, I'll say, that keep it from being super top tier. Uh, The main problem is that it has one save. (laughs) So if you want to make an alt, well, TF uh, or TS, it all, and it only has one major city. So just when things get going, you're like, all right, I'm running around. I mastered it. No, it's like this city is more like just the central location. You go out, you explore, you come back to the same city, you go out again and explore, come back to the same city. There isn't immediate fast travel. So if you go out and explore, you're walking your ass back and you may find an encampment where you can sleep, but you may not. And that's that. And if you have a bunch of stuff that you're carrying and you want to sell, well, too bad. You have to make some decisions, uh, give some of it to your pawns to bring back to the city, so forth and so on. So it makes you do some mindless, tedious, busy work um, in that regard. But other than that, it's easily one of my favorite games. Uh, those are the only, only things that I think are fundamentally wrong with it in terms of this is actually flawed and I can see someone putting the game down because of these reasons. Uh, Everything else I feel like is pretty subjective and that's kind of where I would leave it. Like I can't fault someone if they don't like third person. I can't fault someone if they don't like exploration and they don't like open world. I can't fault someone if they don't like um, hunting monsters for XP or if they don't like action combat like I do. I can't fault anyone for that. And that kind of brings me to my first point because last night I was, I was telling my girl this morning, I made the mistake of listening to a lot of political talk, a lot of back and forth because I'm, I'm baffled. I'm 100% baffled by just the state of how we talk to each other, where if somebody's on the left and someone's on the right, they're not just seen as somebody with a difference of opinion. They're seen as the enemy. They're seen as the bad guy. They're seen as a terrible person because of whatever they believe is fundamentally opposed to what we believe or what I believe. So therefore, they must be evil or they must be um the devil or diabolical or all this stuff. And I keep seeing it on both sides. So I was like, this can't be everything. So I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at like a bunch of different things. People, uh, talking about 
police, people agreeing with police, people not agreeing with police. Feminism and um, men's rights uh, groups or a woman talking about men's rights. And um, what was another one? Uh, gamer, uh, gamer issues and people against gamers. And it was like most of the time they sound the same just saying different lines like it's like it got the same actors to play diff- to play opposite parts in the same play it's a very bizarre world that we're in and what i concluded is that it has never been less popping to be logical ever like ever and i feel like that's a shame so if you guys know my myers briggs is intp logic is my like default So I see this and I'm just like, man, this is crazy. So a couple of things that interested me that I thought may be interesting to you guys, um, because it was related to video games. One of the topics that was discussed is one that's new to me, which I had heard maybe a couple of weeks ago, but I just sort of like said, ah, whatever, and then moved on with my life. But then it came up again in what I was listening to last night, or no, no, it came up again. After listening to what I was listening to, I saw a couple of videos that featured it. It's this concept of the male gaze. And that's G-A-Z-E, like you're looking, a male looking. So, I was looking at, I was thinking about this particular concept of what is the male gaze. Uh, Why is it bad? So forth and so on. So I'm not going to pretend like I know 100% what this topic is or what this is about. It's just kind of based on what I was able to ascertain. So apparently the male gaze is from the perspective of the camera in a movie or in a video game where the camera is placed and how it actually sees the different characters. So, if you have a scene with, say, two, uh, two women exercising, right? In an objective camera, or I guess maybe even a female-operated camera, it would just show the women exercising, it would show their forms, it would show them working out, show them running away, etc. A camera that has the male gaze would, I think, focus on like the yoga poses and zoom in on their backsides, and it would be like an emphasis on the character's sexuality in addition to whatever else is going on with the scene. Or it would, it would position itself so that the female characters would be more sexually appealing. And that is basically it. Like in movies, like in Transformers, you would have Megan Fox and she would be leaning draped over a car instead of just standing next to it talking or sitting on top of it. It's the sexualization of the female characters and focusing on that as opposed to whatever. That's that's all I gathered. I don't know much more beyond that. Um, I couldn't really read any of the articles. I didn't watch a video 
where someone was talking about what it was and she gave her opinion on it. A pretty reasonable woman. She has a feminist uh, YouTube video page that I, I listen to every now and then because she's pretty rational. Um, but then I started thinking about all this like anger and the vitriol and, and the, the, the hate that a lot of these gamers get and game creators get. And then I start thinking about it again. And a lot of people that make comic books kind of get the same thing. Where they're upset at these women in, in, in sexy poses. And the women aren't supposed to be sexualized and so forth and so on. And so then I started thinking, alright, cool. I get your perspective. And seeing a woman in a, in a medium that you like only portrayed as an object of sexual interest or as a person of sexual interest, not even, maybe not even as an object, like maybe it's just they see them, but they always bring up how sexy they are as opposed to you just want to be considered cool because, you know, when there's a character on screen, a lot of times we put ourselves as that character. Well, then I started thinking, where is the backlash and the vitriol for um, non-geek culture stuff? Well, like, I, f- I think that this type of backlash and hatred and um, finger-waving only tends to be directed at nerdy hobbies. And I think I know why that is. Okay, so go with me on this one because it's purely anecdotal. It's really only based on my own observations, based on what I've seen, what I've heard, and I'm probably missing some statistics um, that would really ground this in reality. So right now it's all theoretical. But I think that the male gaze is only brought up in nerdy hobbies because it's more of an affront for um, it's more of an affront for uh, for women who are who are against male gaze to see it from uh, somebody who's not cool Whereas there's this really famous uh, Saturday Night Live skit where um, they're talking about sexual harassment in the workplace. And they had um, Chris uh, Parnell and, uh, and they said, okay, here's how you can detect sexual harassment. And they showed Chris Parnell. He walked up and he was like, hi, how's it going? And the woman was like, oh my God, I'm disgusted. How dare you? He's like, what? What'd I say? And she's like, oh, sexual harassment. And then the voiceover was like, yes, you should not sexually harass your coworker. And so then they said, here's how you do appropriately. And so the guy they got was like Tom Brady. <laughs> and it was like Tom Brady in like his underwear. And he was like, yo, that ass is looking great. And she's like, oh, he's such a killer. And so they were like sexual harassment. Here's how you can tell. If you don't want to sexual harass, be attractive. Don't be unattractive. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> it's funny, we joke, but it's only funny because there's a lot of truth in that. There is something about when uh, the person who is sizing you up and staring you down is really unattractive or seen as like lame or a loser that is more offensive than if that person was uh, very attractive or very successful or had a lot of status. And I think the mindset is that the people who are gaming are considered losers. So because they're losers, they don't think it's appropriate for them to be looking at sexy girls. Like, how dare you show these sexy women in this comic book movie? How dare you show these sexy women in these comic books and in these video games? And so what they do is they try and um, educate the gamers on what is appropriate for them to uh, look at and what is appropriate for them to, um, uh, to create and how they should view women. Now, I would legitimately not have a problem with women educating men on how things make them uncomfortable if they were consistent, but they're not. So in the same way how they are 100% against gamers and nerds from doing this, they're not educating football players with the cheerleaders. They're not educating uh, UFC fighters or uh, celebrities or rappers or any of that thing because those guys are considered cool. So I don't think the male gaze from a cool guy is really offensive. I would almost say they may find it flattering. And that's kind of what's kind of boggling the mind. Because like I said, there's no place for, uh, for logic or for uh, rational discourse in these issues. In hot button issues, it's just, I feel this way, so that's the truth. And people consistently mistake their opinions as facts. Um, I don't even have a fully formulated opinion. This is just an observation and kind of what I think is happening. So when I see this and I see it happen again and again and again, and I see all these guys try to bending, bending over backwards, actually guys and girls who are these content creators bending over backwards to try and change. And no matter what they do, they're unsat, the, the people complaining are unsatisfied. It almost makes me realize that now, this is not an issue about what is true and what is fair and what is real. It's almost like telling losers to stay in your lane. And that's kind of messed up, especially as somebody like myself, whom is probably not what they consider to be the typical gamer. Because every time I hear them talk about they, this guy that they've imagined in their head, they give a very good straw man for who he is. He's a fat loser, neck beard, living in his mother's basement. And that's who they project onto everybody and why it's important for, it's like they're literally saying, because he's a loser, 
he shouldn't do this. He should be satisfied with uh, whatever the uh, whatever the story or the comic book is that they're creating. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it is. And it's pretty it's pretty strange how this happens and goes on consistently. And the content creators consistently continue to um, appease and appeal to them and all that stuff. When the reality is, I can only see this having backlash in another five, ten years. So I thought that was really interesting. And it hasn't quite gotten to anime culture yet. But when I see another comment with like, oh my god, I can't believe they put such and such in this outfit they can do better they can do better then it makes me raise a question of what is wrong with men and you know lesbian women appreciating uh, a woman for her sexuality what's wrong about that what's wrong with thinking someone looks good or looks sexy it's kind of bizarre but it's like we're at that place where we actually have to ask these questions where we're questioning our base nature and our base desires and as far as i'm concerned that's pretty lame let's get into that next yo what's going on i'm zid raw this is otaku beef and i have one more thing that i really want to say about this one issue so i think what's boiling down to how there's this need for um, change in certain industries, but not in other industries. How they want the people that are complaining, and I'm not just talking about feminists or, or men or women. I'm, I'm I'm talking about people who are on this small section of the feminist uh, line. The ones who are wanting comic books to not have any type of sexuality when it comes to the female characters whom are almost like lambasting game designers who make any type of focus on female beauty physical beauty when it comes to games I think that where this is stemming from is this weird sense of almost like an anger toward the way men express their sexuality. And it's really fascinating to me because I, I think that this, is, this just stems from a lack of empathy. If more people were empathetic to the, each other's plights, which is kind of the whole point of feminism, the whole point of being feminist if you're not a woman is that you're empathetic to the, the difficulties that women have the fact that it's tough to be taken seriously if they're going for a job the fact that if the fact that if they want to um, walk down the street more than likely some guy is going to try and talk to them uh, sometimes it's harassment sometimes it's not most of the times it's still described as harassment but it's they have certain things that it's difficult it's difficult for them now The weird thing is that I'm not even talking about difficulties from on the on the male side of thing. I'm just talking about understanding how men are, 
what makes men tick, what is attractive to a lot of men. And I'm just going to talk about straight men for the moment, just because that's kind of the, the group that's receiving a lot of the negativity. There is almost this disgust when it comes to men whom, as I described earlier, don't have any like cachet or swag or sway having any type of sexuality at all. And I think that's why I find this whole topic so fascinating and weird because there is no empathy and understanding that men just sort of are like this and trying to almost like demonize the fact that men are attracted to women when women are being sexy and saying, well, you should not like sexy women. And therefore, because we feel you shouldn't like sexy women, you should never have women be portrayed in sexy manner. When in my perspective, it should be about inclusion. You should have you should have the respectable woman and you should have the sexy woman. You should have the respectable man and you should have the sexy man. Instead of saying everything that this sector is attracted to is wrong at its very nature, which is just asinine to me, but that's kind of where we're at. But no one says that. It's more of a sense of this weird control where people aren't really saying they're not really saying what, what they're actually meaning or what they're actually doing. They're just saying, well, it's offensive. And then when you ask them to express why, what they say doesn't really make any sense on a logical level. But like I said at the beginning of this, it has never been less cool or less poppin' to be logical. And I think this is a very good example. It's, it's a world of... Um, imposed feelings where if you alright alright let me just go ahead and stop that topic because it's too easy for that topic to kind of go off the rails where you can't really have differing, differing opinions which I feel like is a problem in this day and age where trying to understand something or trying to have an opinion that's not just this is what we're supposed to believe and how what we're supposed to say so that's what everyone should say and then everyone gets upset it's tiring it's tiresome and i don't really have much time for it so i'm just going to try to be honest and you know know everything i'm saying is coming from a place of love and harmony which is where i feel we should be you know like i don't think there's anything wrong with a man being uh, attracted to a woman sexually, I think you can, it's, it's obvious that you can respect a woman and still appreciate her for her sexuality. Um, and even if you don't know her, and even if you don't respect her or love her, you can still appreciate a woman for her sexuality if that is how you operate. Now, I'm not saying you should harass, lambast, go after her or anything, but it's no different than a woman appreciating a man for his sexuality that he doesn't know. She just sort of does it in a different way, but I'm not going to get into those details. I just wanted to, I was just so fascinating to me seeing all this information and all this stuff 
but never really seeing any reasoned, measured, um, well thought out arguments or discussions on the subject. And I have no desire to even really have a conflicting discussion with somebody who thinks the complete opposite because I know there's not really much in the way of uh, logical discourse that can really happen. It's more like we feel a certain way, so then we try and backtrack and justify how we feel as opposed to what we should be doing is taking into consideration how other people feel and trying to um, trying to come to terms with their feelings meeting our feelings. And, we, and that's where the middle ground is, as opposed to us just only appeasing one person's feelings and not appeasing the other person's feelings at all. I mean, that makes sense to me. That just seems like kindergarten get along 101, where you're supposed to, you know, treat other people how you want to be treated, right? Isn't that the golden rule? But anyway, that that topic was, uh, it, it just fascinates me to no extent. And just simply because like, all right, let me say one more thing. There are games and comic books whose sole purpose is to present uh, an image of a sexy woman. So what? I mean, so what? What's wrong with a man enjoying a sexy woman? And it's the same thing for women who will watch um, a lot of the rom-com shows or rom-com movies where they're presented with a very sexy man. I and mean, he's not naked, but he's, he, he, he has all the signs of things that make him sexy to a woman. And literally, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing because that show is a fantasy. Same way as the sexy video game characters or comic book characters or movie characters. Uh, it's a fantasy. Neither is bad. Neither is good. They just sort of are. And I think it's a disservice to the inclusion of humanity for us to say that one is good by nature and one is evil by nature. So that's kind of where I stand on that. So that's putting a pin on that. If you were able to sit through all of this, I love you guys all the time. I'm Zid Raw. I got some really good news that I can't wait to share. I'm got to put a little music track up just, you know, for shits and giggles. And then I'm going to get into the good news just because I'm having a great day. It's Friday on my end. I hope it's Friday where you're at. I hope that even if you work a weekend job, you get to go out, go out and just hang out and have some fun. Um, but yeah, you know, if you have your own opinions, call in, even if they're different, because we're all human. We all matter. I truly love everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful, marvelous time. Let's hear some music. Yo, thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw. Z-I-D-R-A-W. Find me on all the channels. Um, yo, Pharrell is the god, right? Nobody is better at putting together music that just slaps than Pharrell, man. He, you can learn so much from that dude. Anyway, 
<laughs> so I have some good news for myself. So my track that I put up last Sunday is finally out on iTunes. And uh, by all means, um, check it out if you have some time. I'm very, very happy. I'm going to start my iTunes Blitz. I'm putting out another one this Sunday. I'm going to put one out every week. A new track every week. Um, so, if you uh, if you want to find it, go to iTunes and type in my name, Z-I-D space R-A-W. You'll see the podcast, Otaku Beef, but then you'll also see the track, I'm Honored Infinity. And that's the first track to kind of kick off the uh, uh, the challenge, the Music Blitz Challenge. And it's not even just on iTunes. It's on the uh, streaming services. So, you know, if you want to, like, just buy it for, like, 99 cents, you can do that. Or if you just want to, like, test it out and check it out on the streaming services, any streams are great. If you have Tidal, that's, that's the ultimate because, you know... I just, that's the platform I use, and I really like that platform personally, but you know, Tidal, Spotify, Napster, if it's not there yet, it is coming, but it's on iTunes, so I'm doing my first little mini celebration. This is actually uh, the first song I've actually put up for, for, for sale on iTunes and the streaming services, uh, so it's a little milestone for me, so you know, hey, uh, pop, a, pop a bottle of champagne, you know what I'm saying? Let's get it going. Um, and this is part of my own personal challenge. So uh, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited the fact that it's out. But I'm not expecting anything, if that makes any sense. The, 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 the joy for me is more about the fact that I found out how to actually do it. Because I think that's going to set myself up to be able to be in control of what I want to do, where I want to go, stuff like that. That's kind of what's important to me in, in that regard. So I'd just be super happy if you guys checked it out. Um, and I can't wait to see it on all the platforms because that'll be really, really, really fun and random. And um, now that I kind of know how to get it like blitz wise, I'm going to start playing around with putting stuff up on platform, on specific platforms themselves. So the track, once again, is called I'm Honored Infinity. It's by me, Zid Raw. I did the production. This is the one where I had that weird uh, thing that GarageBand does. I'm still trying to figure out how to work around because I'm new to the program. Um, and it's doing it the opposite way with like on this one, it was like almost keeping me from adding reverb uh, to the tracks. And then the one I have now, it's overloading the reverb. So I'm trying to figure out how to fix this before Sunday so I can upload it. Um, but yeah, it's obviously it's on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm going to put it up on YouTube tonight too. Just so, you know, the song is kind of everywhere. And yeah, this is why I'm in it because I want to talk about it in addition to doing it. <laughs> you go talk about it, be about it, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to talk about it because I feel like it's important for other people to know that just some guy like me, some regular guy who's just super quiet, super introverted, but is really like always thinking, always processing some like isolated otaku, weeb, weirdo, outcast, nerd, geek, whatever, can kind of push through 
the, the, the boringness of normalcy, the expected normalcy, and just start putting music up and start promoting and just having fun and doing stuff that's fun. You guys can do it. We can all do it. There's enough room for everybody at the party. And I really believe that. So chase, man, chase, promote, call in, tell me what you're working on. Tell me what you wish people would take a look at. We're community. Let's support each other. Love. Hey, what's going on? That was I'm Honored Infinity by me, Zid Raw. Welcome to Otaku Beef. <laughs> so, um, in addition to that, uh, we're having some great discussions about anime, about manga, about comic books, and uh, the homie has some really good stuff to say about the Inhumans, which I'm very excited for. It's going to be on ABC. It's going to be the next Marvel television show. And I think it has the capacity to start really washing the DC uh, television uh, comic books. But don't let, don't take it from me. <laughs> what is it? What did they say on Rating Rainbow? Don't take my word from it. One second. Let's get the caller in right now. I wanted to call in about Inhumans. I think people will love it because Marvel can execute it better than X-Men. It's kind of like X-Men but Marvel can execute it better and and it is like Game of Thrones. People love Game of Thrones. It's like superhero Game of Thrones in outer space. So the genre the the kingdom vibe has a particular particular type uh, type of people who love that so i think it's going to be big thank you thanks once again to the homie at the applied mcu show and he could not be more on the money it couldn't be more right. I agree, and I think the Inhumans is going to be a big property. We got the first taste of the Inhumans on television on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and what they did is they kind of changed their backstory, how they actually operate to something different, where originally the Inhumans are... Uh, in their own land in space kind of on the moon so they're separate so they have their own culture they have their own world but in the in uh, shield they needed something that was like the x-men where people were marginalized and they needed to bring them in so they're like we haven't really done anything like the humans so they sort of hybridized that concept so that now the inhumans are part x-men uh, part alien which is pretty cool so now and if you guys haven't seen the trailer stop what you're doing watch that trailer come back that is a spectacular trailer I'm very excited for the Inhumans they are actually going back to the original Inhumans and I think they're gonna pull some of the information that they did in shield and some of the information from the comic books so if you want to read the best inhuman story Marvel had this run, I want to say in the early to mid-90s, called Marvel Knights, where they took certain properties and they gave them almost like very grown-up stories, very adult stories, and the artwork was gorgeous. I'm talking like paintings. I have the issues 1, 2, and 3 of Black Panther Marvel Knights, 
And I have issue number one of Marvel Knights for the Inhumans. That is the story to get. And it's, it's a typical image that comes up whenever you search for the Inhumans. If you search for the Inhumans on, like, say, the Marvel app uh, for your iPad, that's going to come up first. Great story. And there you're going to get the characters. And it's exactly like you said. See, saying that it's like Game of Thrones is perfect because... And not just because the guy who played um, uh, Ramsey Bolton is playing uh, Max... Uh, the king's brother, uh, the bad guy again. Uh, he's gonna be brilliant, I think. But because it is a lot like Game of Thrones, it's about it's about a court a, a court drama, uh, like a king's court, not like a not like judges and juries, but like kings and queens, uh, knights. There are soldiers for the royal house. And it's also a family. So there's the internal family conflict mixed with the royal court drama. Mixed with betrayals. Mixed with superpowers. It's one of my favorite properties that Marvel has. And I'm so thrilled that they're going to be doing it right. Um, I'm going to have to check on the release date. So don't take my word for it. Just Google the release date for when it's coming out. Because if it's coming out soon, we're going to be talking about this a lot. And I mean a lot. Um, They're actually doing the teleporting uh, pup. The teleporting dog. I'm so excited. He's like a giant pug. And uh, he has like the antenna. And he can teleport uh, the king and everything everywhere. And Lord Blackbolt is one of my favorite characters ever. Just in the sense that he, he like, he's so restrained, but so powerful. And the power that he has is brilliant, but it's a curse because he cannot talk. It's so fascinating, but he finds other ways to convey his messages and his emotions to his subjects and to his people. And it's just one of my favorite properties. So yeah, I really appreciate the call in. Thanks so much. Please call in again. Uh, we're going to be doing more in humans talk. We're going to talk more, uh, Marvel comics. Um, I have this crazy urge to read some Alan Moore comics because he does this, these weird stories. Like I want to read league of extraordinary gentlemen. I want to read miracle man. I want to read, um, Oh, there's, I think it was, he did one about DC superheroes like a recent one about DC superheroes. And I would really like to read that one as well. So I'm kind of going to figure out where I can find this information, uh, kind of at ease because, you know, we're all busy, but once I do, I'm going to talk about that stuff as well. So, uh, by all means, uh, check out that trailer. Peace. Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw, your host, Z-I-D-R-A-double-V. I hope everybody is having a great Friday. My Friday just keeps getting better and better. Uh, I was up super, super early, and I'm going to be up super, super late, and it's all positive. Uh, I'm going to go see Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff. Do I need to say that again? Like, DJ Jazzy Jeff is doing a set out here in Dallas and I am super excited me and the homie we're gonna go check it out it's gonna be crazy his sets are iconic he is an icon in the hip-hop community and I'm still he's such 
an influential just DJ when it comes to just the craft and I'm still a novice to his stuff, but I'm so excited. I was watching one of his sets recently on YouTube that he did, and I don't know where it was. It looked like any type of like Vegas style venue, super fire, tons of people, and he was just going in. He did like an hour, a full hour set from top to bottom, just hits all the good shit, and it was amazing. So I'm very excited to see what he's able to, uh, what type of numbers he's able to throw up tonight. And, you know, that's really all I need in life. I need to be able to make music. I need to be able to make art. I need to be able to write. I need to be able to enjoy and appreciate art. It was so interesting, like, when uh, I was reading up up on my Myers-Briggs type when I first found out about it. And I I advise everybody to take their Myers-Briggs test. Go to 16personalities.com. And take the test, take 12 minutes, you'll discover so much about yourself that you may know subconsciously, but this website really is able to articulate how people almost in a scientific basis operate simply from how we view the world. Now that's not to say that I'm an INTP, but that's not to say one INTP is exactly the same as another INTP. We externally show up differently but we're almost motivated and process our information in the, sa- in the same manner. So it's very interesting. Now, the reason I bring that up is because it says for the INTP, well, their favorite hobby is to appreciate art. And I was like, holy shit, that is so accurate. That's what I love to do most. And every single time I'm granted some sort of beautiful, ethereal, amazing piece of art, it blows my mind and it's almost like a, a religious experience it takes over my soul and my body and I feel it vibrating in my gut about how this this ability for somebody to create something so powerful that I get goosebumps that my body has a physiological change simply from reading this amazing passage Simply from listening to this incredible bout of lyricism, from sitting and experiencing this journey with this in, of, of tension and release and tension and release, like the dark night, art, going and seeing the depth of perspective and the attention to detail in the 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 Renaissance paintings sitting on the walls and they're capturing life using ink and oil and dust that they ground up mixed in egg and painted on like a canvas and they're giving a near photorealistic vision of the world but better with more expression more idealized they're breathing life into reality art Seeing a master DJ cross songs, put pieces together, fade from one song to the next, blend hits with oldies, with the nuance and subtlety of that type of range. That's art, man. That right there, that's why I live. And I'm just so excited every time I'm able to appreciate another person's art 
in person in the flesh so go do what you love man because that's what i'm gonna do peace i love you guys zid raw all right guys indulge me for a little bit because you know it's my show (laughs) um so as i told you guys i'm kind of getting back into playing dragon's dogma and i'm playing it from a completely different perspective so this is 100% 100% new to me. The locations are the same. I know where stuff is. I kind of know how to get myself ready so I can experience the game at kind of my pace. What I like to do in a lot of RPGs is I like to just get to the basic part and then I just go and I just, I like to grind a few levels. I like to get some stuff. I like to earn some gold, some fat loot and design my character so he looks cool. And once he looks cool and it feels right to me, then I start playing like some of the missions and stuff like that. So I'm having a lot of fun. Um, my pawn is still kind of like, kind of shitty. And just, she's not as impressive as I was expecting. I was expecting this kind of cool, uh, cool character. And I got her vocation up where she's a fighter. And she has her shield and everything, but I'm not feeling it. I think I'm going to change her to two-handed with the long sword and everything because I think that that's going to be a little bit more fun. Give me something new, something different, something interesting. Let me get someone that's just got powerful attacks and wears dope armor. I think I'm going to try that. Um, and I'm actually just having this notion now as I'm kind of like describing it to you guys. But when I get back, uh, I think I'm going to switch her. I'm going to change her vocation. Uh, The vocation that I'm doing for my character, I I started as a mage, but now I'm a sorcerer. I was going to do Magic Knight. I tried it for like, it just did not feel right at all. I tried it for like a couple of minutes. I was like, I don't like this at all. Like, this is not me at all. This half, whatever. As soon as I switched to sorcerer, oh man, I wish I had been doing sorcerer forever. This is so amazing. I love this class. And the guy is like me, like, you know, Zidra. He's he's doing his magic he has this really cool wicked staff i geared him up a little bit even though we're just starting my level's still low um but it's awesome i love being able to hang back and just shoot blasts and send out like traps and fire boons and ice boons to my to my guys i'm having a lot of fun with this one and i think this is way more natural for me than what I was doing before. What I was doing before was I was a fighter every single time. And that was cool, but it's not satisfying me like Sorcerer is. And maybe it's just because I haven't played the game in a while. This is still very, very new to me. So it's just fresh. And maybe it'll get tiring later. But right now, man, I feel like I'm zooming. Um, So let me see. Where am I at right now? I'm about level... 15 now I'm in Grand Soren I haven't even gone up to meet the king yet because I've been running around like testing out my abilities changing vocations earning some cash I keep going around and killing these um, the the buffalo or the cows that are right out front of the town just to get the the meat and sell the meat because it's endless it's an endless supply of meat you exit you come back there's more uh, you go to sleep, come back, there's more. You're always going to earn more uh, loot, earn more cash than, uh, than you spend on resting if you need to rest. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, killing goblins, 
playing around with some bandits. Bandits are obviously tougher because whatever. But I think it's just because I don't have my skill sets right yet. I need a couple of more powerful spells, and then I think I'll really be soaring. So I'm having a lot of fun. I don't even have it plugged in, so I'm not getting other people's pawns from online. It's literally just me, the stock pawns that come with the game, and uh, I'm just having a good time playing this game. It's been a while since I've really been able to sit down and play a video game, so after working you know, at my job, like all of us, and then working for another two, three hours on my stuff, or maybe just one hour, it's nice to just kind of like sit back, play some games, and... Uh, just kind of enjoy the nothingness of exploration, which is my favorite part of RPGs. Exploring, looking, searching. That's fun for me. So I'll give you guys another update, like maybe in a couple of days or maybe tomorrow if it excites me or whatever. But I'm just having a good time playing Dragon's Dogma, man. Like, it's been a while. And I think after this, time to upgrade. New game, new console, yo. So... I noticed a really weird phenomenon with me that seems inexplicable. And this is movie talk. So if you guys like movies, hey, this is for you. So my buddy and I, we're going to see Dunkirk on Sunday. And Christopher Nolan directed it. I'm assuming he co-wrote it like he always does. Christopher Nolan, one of the probably top five greatest directors of our generation, of our time. A war, epic war movie. Shot in IMAX. Film, I'm sure. And I have no excitement for this film. None. And it is bizarre to me. I don't understand why. One, I like war movies. Love Christopher Nolan. The Dark Knight is in my top all-time movie list of my favorite movies. Batman Begins is a brilliant film. Going all the way back, not even just Memento, but following his first movie. Brilliant movie, black and white, genius film. Inception, pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, Interstellar, dope, not great. I don't think it's great like everyone says. I think there's a little, few too many logical inconsistencies for a science, for it to be a science movie. And the motivation of character choices are a little bit too um, emotional as opposed to rational for it to really work in that environment. And I think that's probably the only issue I have with Interstellar. But obviously, it's a, it's a marvel to look at. It's a marvel to listen to. The acting is pretty damn stellar. The direction is just tremendous. So why am I not excited for this movie? I have no idea. I watched the trailer. I see all these actors that I'm really excited for. Tom Hardy. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. I'm sure freaking Michael Caine is in there somewhere. Like maybe he's like hidden in a boat or something like that. <laughs> like he's in all his movies, you know, just the way Samuel L. Jackson is in all Tarantino movies just about. But why don't I, why aren't I thrilled? And maybe this is going to be a good thing where my non-excitement is going to propel me into this brilliant space of holy shit, this movie is blowing me away at every turn 
Because I had the opposite experience when I went to see Valerian, where I was very excited. And it's not a good movie. It's pretty. Really cool looking special effects. Really gorgeous scenery and set design. Boring ass script. Terrible dialogue. Nonsense plot. Valerian was not good. So I'm hoping to get the opposite experience. I'm hoping that my non-excitement will translate into a great experience. And I and I and it, this is why I'm talking about it because all things that this movie is presenting to me seem like it'll be something that I would want to see. Now maybe it's because they're on the ocean and traditionally I'm not the biggest fan of uh, movies where people are just like on boats the entire time. I never saw Master and Commander. I had no interest. Um, I didn't see this. Was it the this? Storm or whatever, that famous one where uh, Masai Oki designed all the special effects for the uh, the storm, uh, making it move and all the perfect storm, uh, making the water move and all this like craziness. Um, I don't care about Pirates of the Caribbean, so maybe because the seamen uh, are, or maybe because the soldiers or a good part of the movie takes place on the ocean is why I'm not as excited. That could be it. I don't really know. It's just kind of weird. It's one of those things where I'm 100% aware of how I feel, and then now, and at the same time, I'm perplexed as to why I feel this way. But I'm, 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 I'm going to go see it. We're going to go see it in IMAX. I'm sure it's going to be tons of fun. Uh, we're going to laugh. We're going to joke, and then we're going to hopefully enjoy a nice fire movie experience. Because so far, Christopher Nolan has only let me down once and that was just because I wasn't blown away and that was Interstellar where the movie has that little broken piece in there which doesn't make it a masterpiece but I can watch all his other movies over and over and over again and I think just this one I don't know shoulder shrugging but I think it's going to be pretty cool um, so yeah I'm excited Dunkirk once again, thank you guys for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Ra, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. Find me on all of your social media channels. Instagram, Zid Ra the Wizard. Twitter, The Zid Ra. Snapchat, Zid Ra. One word. Also, my new song, I'm Honored Infinity, is out on iTunes or Pandora, Spotify, Tidal, everywhere. Go stream it, go listen to it, cop it if you want. I just want you guys to check it out, love it, hate it, rate it. I just love the fact that we're all connected. Um, thank you so much for listening to me to me today. I've had a great time. I cannot wait to talk to you guys further. Oh, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace, love, serenity, beep.